0: Sure.
1: Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to V with Mike G, the show of life, the show of St. Edwards, the show of history, Houston, modern politics, and more. Today's guest is owner and operator of Friends and Allies Brewing, Mr. Ben. Sabin, the guy hustling in the market, jogging in the morning. And as just earlier this week, we spoke with Jane Marr of Tullamore Dew about the Dew and a Brew tour. Again, 26 stops at breweries in 68 days. While Jane and the Tullamore Dew crew was in town, they stopped by friends and allies brewing which is a new brewery, an amazing tasting room and facility of which I met Ben and we chatted about the Boilermaker and we chatted about Noisy Cricket and all the great things that Friends and Allies Brewing has to offer. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoyed this chat with Ben Saban of Friends and Allies Brewing.
0: Toss is a thing rolling kegs is a thing and, and the keg stack is the big thing we What's call it, keg,
1: what is keg stack
0: we call it the triple stack basically okay. you got one keg on tap it could be mostly full and then sure. you deliver two kegs mm-hmm. you basically have to stack your keg at every bar and restaurant okay um so you triple stack the keg so you got to use a keg like a step uh-huh. and then you got to throw the other one on top Jesus, it's like putting up a tent almost yeah except it's just way more cumbersome and awkward for
1: us amateur weightlifters, roughly, what does a keg weigh? Uh, 165
0: pounds. 165 pounds? Yeah, no and shit. about 33 pounds empty.
1: That's insane. Yeah. And so pretty good for deadlifts, actually. That's a right, right around a good
0: level. It is, yeah. Uh, You've got to use your knees and your legs.
1: But good, so it's keeping you in shape. This, you know, we won't we'll talk about the, the do and brew thing here in a moment, but this building, how long have you guys been here now?
0: Um, We've had the space for over a year and a half. Uh, We started construction about around this time last year. Yeah. Um, But we've kind of been looking at the space for over two years, I believe. That's crazy. This used to be the U.S. Foods Dry Storage Warehouse.
1: Oh, so it was probably permanent already for food? ish well i Uh, mean you gotta have a brewery a little
0: bit yeah i mean it's insulated it's fireproofed um a lot of benefits that came with starting a brewery here there's a bulk waste water and there's bulk water which we need both of so utilities are a big thing
1: that's crazy so it's nice build out already so nice infrastructure
0: for you it is yeah we we had to do a site plan revision which did take a lot longer with the city of austin Yeah. and that's for our outdoor patio um and i believe we had them upgrade the electrical which oh cool that's good which took a long time so
1: just all the things so when you go and you are finally at home at night do you sit back and drink a beer do you sit back and drink a whiskey which
0: seems a little more apropos maybe um honestly at this time i don't really go back home to relax (laughs) i just kind of uh i go out and i'm in the marketplace every evening and i just go home to sleep and wake up to run rinse and repeat and go to work yeah
1: amazing so you are, if I, if I understand this correctly, are you from Austin? Or excuse me, Houston? I'm from Houston originally. Yeah. Where about in Houston? Uh, basically down the street from the Galleria. Oh, okay. Westheimer. Westheimer. And, View. Yeah. yeah. Did you go to, like you born, born and raised in Houston? Then? Born and raised
0: in Houston. Uh, went to Lamar High School. Oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah.
1: I'm a Katie guy. Regardless. Okay. Yeah. But I get um, how nice the Galleria
0: is. Oh, Yeah. Um, no, it was just those little neighborhoods right by the Galleria. Yeah. Just a really nice place to grow up. I so, we,
1: so for you, because I always wonder what brings people into brewing, I wonder what brings them into the booze side of things. Like growing up in Houston, what kinds of things were you getting into? Were you an athletic kid, a science kid?
0: Um, I guess a little athletic, you know, always running, played lacrosse. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, always drinking beer in the evening with my friends and yeah. stuff. You know, field parties on the back of a truck, you name it.
1: What is what was the uh, the token beer? Now this isn't college station, so I won't say Natty Light. But what was the token beer for you guys? For me, I
0: would say because it was so cheap, would be High Life. Oh yeah, yeah. Still some class to that. I still uh, I like High Life out of a bottle. It reminds me of a certain time. If I'm nice, going to drink pristine. a a big beer, yeah, yeah. or an it's adjunct logger. That's That'll, right. That well, would be it. yeah, <laughs> to, make, to make it fancier, right? Yeah.
1: So the academic side of things was that something you were pretty how bent on pursuing? Like, go, I got to go get my
0: degree. Um, yeah. I did end up going to St. Edwards. Yeah. Um, and that's what kind of kept me here. I've been here since 2005. Why St. Edwards? Um, it was the one of the only schools that would take me. Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Don't um, take anyone's money, man, frankly. My brother lived here. Austin is the best place in Texas, I think. Yeah. And uh, had to leave Houston and um, just kind of grow a little bit.
1: Was it just because you'd been in Houston Far too long, or was it some other kinds of opportunities? Or was uh, just, it, a girl? Cause just it want to, a girl? Just want to meet new
0: people and yeah. always grow um, with kind of still being close to home and right. a bunch of friends, um, kind of keep my network intact. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is why I never left either. I had a job opportunity in California a few years ago, but I didn't want to leave my network. What okay, kind? what industry? Uh, I was actually selling beer. Oh, it was? For okay. For the company that Devin and Nate both worked for. No kidding. Yeah. So when you're going to SNED, what are you studying there? I studied advertising, marketing, and uh, history was my favorite. Interesting. History specifically? Yeah, history specifically.
1: Any, any era that's more particularly interesting than others for
0: you? Um, you know, I guess anything with the Romans, Egyptians, all yeah. of that stuff. But just kind of really love history because it's how things are now, today. Because it repeats itself, and It perhaps. repeats itself, yeah. <laughs> and so it's great to understand that.
1: Yeah. Do you, I mean, well, kind of interesting tangent then. We're in a real interesting political climate at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Austin's an interesting place and a great place to be, very fervent and kind of protest and really oh, yeah. questioning. How you do you see some similarities as to what's kind of happening here on a national level with things to maybe some other historical
0: eras? Um, I do, but you know, honestly, I, I try not to get into politics yeah. because it just drives me nuts. What about the sociology of it, though? Do you think people are rallying around? Um, I think people are through social media, yeah. but I think ultimately most people just don't care, unfortunately. Yeah. They, they, is it the pseudo care? I think it's the pseudo care. Yeah. I think the the younger generation in school right now maybe cares more Yeah, and is more aware, but I think my generation just, you know. We Drunk would, post. We want to work. Yeah. And, no, it's a good and point. And make money and then go home and live our lives kind of, you know. Yeah.
1: Drink Some whiskey again, which I'll probably keep touching on. (laughs) It's almost lunchtime, that's probably why. So, you did finish up at St. Ed's, you did get your your advertising and everything.
0: St. Ed's, uh, communication degree. It's kind of funny, I actually studied uh, you know, social media and communication, even though it was something natural for everyone, kind of.
1: Yeah, it it is kind of a strange thing because it doesn't take. Do you think that people are truly good at social media, like that they can actually be good at it?
0: Um, I think. Yeah, I think people can be, but I think it's kind of a natural personality um, that it takes sometimes to to grasp it and really, really hone in on it. Do you think Um, it's
1: like an egotism thing at all, that people do want some attention for their
0: Yeah, I do. You know, I mean, I'll I'll be straight up, you know, I want attention a lot, and it's great to use my social media platform to promote the business, Yeah, and, you know, we, we won't pay for advertising, it's... The brewing industry—it's—it's it's all about meeting somebody who's right. behind that product, which is why I try to be in the market all the time.
1: Do you, do you are you ready to be the face of it, of friends um, and allies?
0: I, I am, and I think I have been for most of the year. Yeah, you know, I remind everyone that Devin manages the business and right. allows me to be able to do this, and Nathan makes excellent beer, so we all kind of fall into our little category. The triumvirate. So I'm—I guess I'm just the hype man. The hype man. Yeah, that's—that's <laughs> that's what a manager called me the other day, and. I, it's true, you know, I'm always yeah. trying to promote something new that we're doing.
1: But that's good because, it, you know, the thing is that I've noticed about the way you do that for friends and allies is that it's, it's ethical, you know? Yeah. I, I think some people, they make them seem, self seem far bigger than they really are. Maybe a little more egocentric, maybe a little arrogant, but you never like that.
0: Well, uh, I mean, I can definitely be arrogant, <laughs> um, but uh, my thing is, is you know, to be, to be able to communicate with more people, you kind of have to give a little bit of your personal life away. Yeah. And so I feel like I do that to let more people in so they can get familiar with me yeah. and our product and what we're doing.
1: Right now it's an okay piece to give, right? But yeah. maybe long-term, do you think it'll take more of a toll? Uh,
0: yeah, I think it will. You know, sometimes at the end of the week, it feels like somebody took my soul because I've just talked so much yeah. about and answered so many questions and met so many new people that it's, it definitely drains you uh, physically and emotionally.
1: It's good, though. At least you're young. We talked about that. Yeah. I mean, you're not 30 yet. It's coming up. <clears throat> about
0: to be 30 next
1: week. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's cool. It, all this stuff kind of works in tandem. You start a business, you turn 30, you'll be 35, it'll be different. Maybe you'll have kids, maybe we will be married. I don't know. We'll talk about that. But yeah. Who knows, right? But it, it's good that right now this is a very exciting time. You get to be the face of this amazing place and these products, which we'll talk about here in, in a moment as well. But the question then for me is, like, okay, so you get a communications degree – focus on some social media. I don't, were your sights on beer at that point? Or were you thinking, maybe I'll do tech. Maybe I'll do manufacturing.
0: Um, honestly, right when I graduated around summer of '09, it was really difficult to get a job in Austin, Texas. Yeah. Uh, all my friends immediately went back to Houston and got an oil job right, right. away. Um, so I kind of just did a couple odd jobs in Austin to try to stay here.
1: Like good stuff in the hospitality industry?
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, I helped open Fogo de Shaw. Oh, did you really? To, yeah, I used yeah. to work for Vespio. Um, it's pretty... A long time DM ago. Yeah, anything. I wasn't a waiter or anything. I was busboy bar back, you know. Yeah, for, but still, to, to be in that culture and kind of be able to breathe it in. It is. It's, it's very important for me to be able... It, it's how I'm able to relate with every bar manager around yeah. town is because I've been there you put in some du- I know you guys work till 2 or 3 or 4 a.m. and you're tired and you know you deal with a lot of stuff so yeah. it's really important when I hired Brian my delivery kind of sales guy I made sure the one thing they had to do was be in the service industry for a long time yeah. to be able to relate to all these people and also be able to meet you know be able to bullshit be able to small talk all of that goes a long way yeah. if we can come across with a personal touch I know the beer's great and then we can kind of cut through some of the political fat uh, that is in this alcohol sales industry. Right. It's not about having great beer. It's, it's about connecting with someone that wants to sell your beer and promote it. And um, that's kind of what we've done all around town all year.
1: And and it's, overall, the openness to you and your staff and stuff has been pretty good.
0: Yeah. I, you know, we're selling ourselves always, and we're genuinely normal people. And yeah. we kind of want people to know that. Dudes, um, normal dudes. Normal dudes. I, normal all dudes, the time, I mean, yeah. we, we all have hobbies. You know, these guys bike or climb. I yeah. run. Some of them run. And, you know, we're, we want to be part of this active Austin scene. Yeah. And beer just falls perfectly in with that. Makes um, a lot of sense. Which yeah.
1: it, would's well, weird because it's counterintuitive. I was talking to Josh Hare about this. It's like he was ultimately like a triathlete, something like that. Yeah. And he, he said beer actually is the perfect way to recuperate.
0: It is. Um, which, which is strange, right? You know, after I run... A nice, low-alcohol beer is really great. Yeah. Um, I can drink 10 glasses of water, but sometimes that beer quenches your thirst right. a lot better.
1: And the carbs and stuff help, too, rebuild yeah. some of that energy. It's a, it's a strange
0: utilitarian thing. It definitely is. So yeah.
1: maybe that's in the future, right? You guys host a
0: marathon with a nice beer. Uh, that would be my goal, You know, really? to yeah. be the marathon sponsor. We're doing a bunch of fun runs um, coming up soon, and we do stuff with the climbing gym next door. Oh, that's cool. Uh, we partner with Mellow Johnny's all the time. Oh, shit. That's great. So whenever those guys need beer for an event, you know. Um, so, yeah, we, we kind of – our audience is basically active Austin is yeah. what I think. Um, and that's what this town's got a lot of, health-conscious people that want to work out. Right. Do something outside and then also want to drink beer.
1: They, they, yeah, we'll work off the beer. We'll work yeah, off. work off the beer. Yeah, exactly. We work just as hard to do that as we do to party. Yes. But that's a nice balance because you need both of those things. If We're it, too strict
0: yeah it is when i uh you know i was starting to get a little fat when i was in between jobs <laughs> not having all this stuff soft and then, a little stuff yeah getting it was getting soft <laughs> and then uh and then delivering kegs just it it's amazing what it does to you you know first it's really hard and yeah. then it's just you love it like maybe that's the shark tank pitch in the future keg based fitness yeah well we are going to do some fun keg fitness no activities shit. here everyone does the yoga and the brewery we want to do like some kind of fun weightlifting event. See, that's good. Maybe poke fun at CrossFit a little bit, you know. I think that uh, it needs to be poked. Just yeah, a, just a it always just a needs of it. to be poked.
1: Yeah, um, high rep, low weight. It's not good for your muscles, man. Yeah. Sorry, no, <laughs> it's that's an aside, but it's not. That's not how you build muscle. But so I'm then curious because you're doing Fogo de chow, You say Vespio as well. Yeah. So you're getting at least you're breathing in that air of hospitality and kind of understanding what it's like to be at a restaurant which has alcohol and all this bar back in as well. What is that first introduction for you, where you think beer is actually maybe a career?
0: Um, So that would definitely be the Whip In. Uh, Oh, you were. I also was a bartender at the Whip In, uh, and I wanted to be a bartender because I would always frequent there, and they had the best beer selection in town. Such a cool spot. And still today, I think it has the best beer selection with the most character. Yeah. No matter how much it slightly changes, Um, it helped me launch my career. I was home brewing so much that it made me want to get into beer and sell beer yeah uh so i started selling beer and then i started volunteering for thirsty planet just
1: volunteering yeah do uh to learn about their process or sales yeah
0: i wanted to brew on a big scale instead of home brewing um which you learn brewing on a big scale is easier than home brewing it totally is because things are far more controllable and i just wanted to see how it's done and then you know First day I reach out, I meet them the second day I'm unloading seven hundred kegs from France, you know in the parking wow. lot and uh, yeah, I just kind of stuck with them until they hired me and they hired me. I learned how to brew beer, seller, and then uh, they threw me in a van to deliver kegs so you're used to it, you're
1: back in the trenches,
0: man yeah, back in the trenches, and now I'm starting to get out of the trenches after a year of self distribution yeah um, but yeah, it was uh and the sales side I kind of got more familiar with because i guess i was better at it i had a network yeah i went out
1: your personality may, maybe catered to a little bit. yeah being very companies. outgoing yeah.
0: and always wanting to meet new people um which selling beer really lets you introduce you to the whole town yeah yeah i mean it's public right public yeah, yeah everyone is, everyone who sells beer i call them you know they're like beer celebrities. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's so weird how how many people know you know like josh hair for instance yeah. and all these people and it's it's like a minor well, you, celebrity, local celebrity thing. I know, but so the thing that's interesting though, is think
1: about where you fall into someone's dynamic in a day, right? So let's say they're having, eh, not really a great day, feeling down. Yeah. They want a beer. So guess who shows up? The yeah. candy man himself. Exactly. Man, right? So like, you're only there to bring good news, always.
0: I am. You know, a lot of people don't want to talk to salespeople a lot, and yeah. there's a lot of reps out there selling beer. Absolutely. But, you know, if you tell a joke, you got something funny to say. Uh, you can make someone's day great and yeah. give them a taste of beer, even if they've already had it or they're not going to put it on. Just, just to entertain it, you know.
1: Right. Did you find that you enjoyed people even back in the bar back in the kind of busing days? Yeah, I,
0: I love hanging out with a lot of people. Yeah, um, I kind of have to be with people. Sure.
1: I'll but, like but it, some people are put into as you can if you go to certain bars, right? Yeah. You realize like you don't really like people. Why are you dealing with people all the time?
0: That is true. There's a lot of people that. Maybe on the wrong side of things, <laughs> yeah. but um, you know, they'll figure that out eventually. Hope um, so. Hope it sorts itself out. Yeah, or they'll weed themselves out, you know.
1: Yeah, career limiting moves, as they call them, right? Yeah. So, with your time doing sales and things for Thirsty Planet, did you. Brewing makes sense, right? So, your home brewing, that's enough for you and some friends, right? But then when you take it to something that's larger, when you start thinking about a brand, brand yeah. aesthetic. Were those kinds of things and maybe this entrepreneurial spark in you, when did that kind of start to unfold?
0: Um, so that was always there, and I always wanted to launch a brand. Did you? And okay. I kind of got that opportunity with Thirsty Planet to mm. launch Thirsty Goat with them. Okay. And it's a good beer. It already sold well, and now it's all over town. and yeah. one of the top-selling beers. Um, so getting with Devin and then working on a brand with the branding, you know, genius – uh, it still took forever, and I thought it was going to be easy. I thought it was going to be fun, but yeah. it's, there's so many things to think about. Every name is taken, right? Um, and then it's just you got to tell your whole story, and it's got to look good. So
1: for you, what it <clears throat> that narrative and that copy? Does that come from your mind? Does it come from Devin's Who who exactly kind of crafted that?
0: Uh, I think it's me, Devin, and uh, Ben McCraw, the guy we did the branding with. Yeah. You know, he just kind <clears> of <throat> he just kind of gave us ideas. But we ultimately, he ultimately made us go through every single aspect of it really? and then pick it out. So none of it was easy. And it was, I want to say, like 36 different sessions of meeting and That's discussing crazy. it. Looking at brands, colors, and, yeah. you know, that was just for the name.
1: Do, do you have, when you think about brands and stuff, is there a preference for you? What kinds of brands, what are, rather, what are a few brands that you like aesthetically?
0: Um. Yeah, I'm a huge sucker, sucker for how things look on yeah, the shelf. Right. You know, like beer works looks great. Totally. I think Cops and Grains look great. Um, there's some brands that make they make great beer, but it, it looks bad, false flat. Yeah. Like the color looks bad and I go back to being a consumer and I don't want to get it because of something that basic. Right? Which is We're crazy. superficial. it's fine. It, it's now. just crazy cuz I look at every consumer package good, you know, I yeah. drink tea every day and I buy certain things because of the way they look. It's so um,
1: so you maybe had just the subconscious kind of proclivity towards a type
0: of aesthetic already yeah and a lot of that was kind of learning about advertising for me yeah um and you know having your chance to make your own product or your own ad yeah super cool it's
1: very exciting yeah so when you talk about the voice and the story that you guys landed on do you how would you articulate that to me like Um, what, what is it that you guys represent you would say so
0: Texas or Tejas means Tejas. friend or ally. Yeah, it's kind of what the Spanish discovered with uh. the indigenous tribes here, and so they asked them, you know, is this? They said Tejas, are yeah. you friend or ally? And they just took it as that's what this land is called. Oh, yeah, um, I didn't realize that. So it's got a little historical touch. Yeah, it's got. Something I really wanted was a touch on Texas. How do we represent Texas without mm. being Western, Rustic, or Cowboy anything? Dirty, yeah. So that was a huge thing. So being able to align Texas in that was the greatest thing mm. uh, and tough to do because most good Texas names or things are taken. Right, or have uh, a boot on it. Yeah, or it's, yeah, it's some other major brand, if you will. Yeah. Um, and uh, the bear on the wolf, the bear and the wolf, you know, the wolf is kind of the lone range of Texas, and the bear is kind of California because mm. – uh, Nathan came from brewing kind of West Coast-style beers. Yeah. So we wanted to kind of do West Coast-style beers fresh here in Texas. That's incredible. And so our IPA coming out next called Fresh Coast is a play on that. So Fresh IPAs made on the Third Coast, yeah. basically.
1: So it makes sense. There's some yeah. imagery there that it really does tie back to some cultural relevance.
0: Yeah, and it's also it's about freshness. Um, beer has a shelf life. Right. Um, a lot of the great beer that comes from great breweries, on the west coast or far away is not always fresh Mm -hmm. after it goes through so many distributors and so a lot of us will know because we'll taste it and we'll be like man this is not the hops have faded you know right right and we all know that we know that's not that brewery's representation it's just time degrading the beer so um being fresh is really important to me and i won't sell our beer to a bar that i know it's not going to do well in. so Uh, you want it to be in the right place at the right time with the right Taste. Which is tough, you know, but we've got to be picky about our brand so that the beer still tastes good. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And those are some things that will be fun to learn,
0: you know, yeah. as you keep uh, moving forward. Luckily, delivering beer for so long in this town, I, I know a few accounts to stay away from yeah. because they have too many options, and then they also don't really sell the beer well. Yeah. So they'll they'll say yes, but it'll go die in the, in the walk-in cooler. Die on the vine. Yeah. So when
1: did the Friends and Ally, that brand and that name, when did it— what year are we talking that it finally kind of took
0: form? Uh, 2015. 2015, okay. Yeah, probably
1: fall or summer of 2015. And so here we are roughly a year and a half later, you said? Yeah. I'm probably not doing the math right, but.
0: So we made our first batch of beer 2016 Christmas Eve and Christmas. Oh, okay. Actually, 2015. Christmas yeah, so just Eve. A, yeah, just over yeah, and so we've literally been selling beer for over a year, just starting at the new year. It's so. incredible,
1: and I've, I mean, I've, I really have really been seeing you hustle your ass off. to, yeah, to go do this stuff, you know.
0: One of the greatest things is we launched an entire brand through a new state law. That's an alternating proprietorship agreement. Mm-hmm. So we made our own beer. Nate did at Fourth Tap, um, while we self-distributed across town. While Devin oversaw the build out of this location right here okay. that we're in. So we each had our entire realm to worry about. Mine was all the sales and distro, right. Nate was making all the beer and packaging it all, and Devin was managing finances in the build-out, which is huge.
1: But that's good that you guys can have that division of powers, divide and conquer, right? We,
0: we had to, you yeah. know, we were looking at it and we were gonna share, duties but it just made more sense for me to take care of it right vice versa for some of their roles when
1: you talk about capital and and because this is an amazing spot massive square footage the tap room is going to be beautiful i mean everything about it exterior interior it's expensive yeah (laughs) So when you talk about the money aspect of it the funding piece did you guys find that you were warmly received when you were trying to get some cash
0: um we were we had you know it was easy to kind of get the ball rolling and once we figured out how to sell our team and ourselves it was great and it was just we're confident i'm super confident about it still a lot of people were questioning you know we we pitched through a small angel network called central Mm ctan central texas angel network to receive a little bit of money and you know they were all put off because they see a million people try to start a brewery in front of them and it's just pulling them aside like we all we have the years of experience right all have six plus years commercial brewing Mm -hmm. experience um, one of them's with money, one of them's making the beer, and yeah. one of them's selling all the beer and growing the brand. So. so
1: you guys definitely demonstrated that you came in with some credibility. We did, absolutely. So it wasn't – how long would you say it took till you got
0: where you needed to go? Um, I want to say six to eight months probably to yeah. raise all the money. we But needed. progressive, I guess, right? Yeah, once you got past a certain number, it was, it was on basically. That's crazy. And people would try to reconnect with us, and, you know, we turned down a lot of people. Um, nice problem to have. It is a nice problem to have. Um,
1: and, you know, who knows how much bigger you will become and how much bigger you'll have
0: to become. Uh, that's Yeah, that's what this whole name of this game is, is planning for growth. Yeah. Um, you know, we've planned the next seven years here. That's things amazing. will come up and different things will take a different route, but it's all about producing enough beer to exit, keep it on the shelves. Exit strategy, too, for this? or you um, more Not really an exit strategy, just... Planning for growth to get at a certain capacity. Yeah. Because once we're at a certain capacity, I think um, I think there's a lot more ways to make money and develop right. our to identity to flex it. To kind of yeah. Yeah. Once we can get to scale, we can be more competitive with bigger national beer brands. Yeah. I Just
1: in due time, I imagine. Yeah. So there are talk Let's talk about the beer then, because we'll talk about Boilermakers as well. Because again, Jane was here with. It's all Had a really cool event with you guys. So you're, there are four skews. So there's Noisy Cricket, Urban Chicken. Those two I think are the, the, the names. I love it. So I always will remember it. Yeah. But there's two others. Yeah. Uh,
0: so Noisy Cricket was the first one we we put out. We. It's a Session IPA we did for about five months. Mm. It's become our flagship because it was the only thing we had to sell to start. Yeah, right. um, and then the Saison, the urban chicken, came out next. Okay. There's a, some sort of a chicken problem in this neighborhood. <laughs> uh, there's, there's two farms. They have chickens, but I think a lot of people were trying to raise too many chickens. That's oh, what okay. it sounds like. Uh, and there was a rooster on site uh, here for a long time. Is, um, it, is it a mascot of sorts? It was. We don't know what happened to that. Brewster though That right? is the, uh, the sad part That's of the sad reality, part right? yeah. um, And then we just launched The White Ale Which is called Springdale, Springdale. Which is the road we're yeah. on um, So a lot of that Was trying to promote The location Which we're about to open sure. In about two or three weeks Probably That's incredible uh, And Fresh Coast uh, Full body IPA will brew next week Sometime So
1: you got four SKUs Beautiful four SKUs, design too
0: Yeah thank you very much um, Four SKUs We'll can all of those We're in three counties Right now It'll be can and keg and then we'll do a host of seasonal beers because a we have the tasting room, b it's just fun and interesting. Yeah, it's we have to keep recreating ourselves.
1: Do you get ideas every now and again? Just sparks of genius where you have to say "fuck dude, we gotta like put a chicken in the beer.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Nate is over there crafting a new beer. Yeah, um, and we just went over some names, which was really entertaining.
1: It's gotta be good because it's just a just a session you're just ripping
0: it's just total brainstorming yeah and it's really fun and it's the funnest part of this i think so too and what then, colors to use what's it going to taste like what exactly sound like yeah. it's colors taste flavor mouthfeel all yeah. of those things and then it all comes down to a couple google searches for trademarking that's and right all that stuff so it's strange
1: that that's all it comes down to hours of work to just a simple trademark search yeah
0: it, well i mean google will tell you most of it and then you go deeper with the trademark search right. but you know, you don't want to print up a million cans and then get a cease and desist. That's right. Say, USPTO. For yeah. For the win,
1: dude. Yeah. Well, so Tullamore is here in town, and they're doing this amazing tour, visiting other small breweries, and then really kind of diving in cerebrally, academically into the Boilermaker, right? They're saying Tullamore has all these different kinds of whiskeys. There's a 12, there's an 18, a single malt, and then their flagship 80 proof, right? So they come into town, and you guys have this amazing collaboration, where there's do and there's
0: brew. So, doing a Brew. Dew yeah. and <laughs> a
1: Brew, which is it, it works on a lot of different levels. I kind of there's jokes to be made, but it's also nice and
0: I think it was one of the greatest opportunities we had here. Yeah. Um, I know all those uh, amazing ladies that sell Tolmer Dew around town. Yeah,
1: Jen and Jen. And
0: Jen, one, you know, I run into her. She calls herself the Queen of South Lamar. I call myself the king because there's so many bars on South Lamar <laughs> yeah. that I, I want to get my beer in, and they're in it, most of them. Um, but I would just see Tolmer do it. Each one of them kind of, sp- you know, sponsored, right. yeah, or yeah. this was for that night, so it just made perfect sense. Um, and Beth approached me a while ago and connected me with her national people, and yeah, um, it was really easy, and they brought, you know, a ton of credibility and... Awareness to our brand An amazing bus. An I mean, amazing bus. It's incredible. So many amazing toasts later in that evening. of yeah. great Irish tales and stuff like that, um, which just made it for fun for everybody. So when you think
1: about some of the pairings, if you recall some of them, what was maybe one that was notable for you?
0: Um, honestly, Tolmerdo pairs with anything in yeah. my opinion. <laughs> uh, and I had been practicing a couple weeks before practicing. I like yeah, that. yeah, so I think the original with the session IPA was probably the best, but that's because I'll genuinely have that in the marketplace. Yeah, Um, what do you think the appeal is to a Boilermaker? You know, a lot of industry people like to have a shot on the side, so that's kind of something I've recently embraced. Um, Embraced in quotes, right? Yeah, embraced. uh, I think some people want a little bit more alcohol sometimes, and maybe a little less beer, but, um, you know, cheersing anybody is always exciting, it seems... uh, seems to get people together it does
1: it rallies them together it does friends and yeah yeah so the tasting room you say is about two to three weeks everything will be open when you think about because obviously you're thinking about taste mouthfeel colors aesthetic experience what what is the greatest thing that you want to bring with the tasting room what do you want that experience to be like
0: um, I want them to meet us and get to know us yeah. and know we're real people. So it's showcasing us, and it's inviting people into our living room and sharing a whole experience with them, yeah. um, you know, to tell them the struggles we went through to get this place open, whatnot. All of that stuff is exciting and fascinating. People really care about craft beer so much that it's so much that they want to know who's making it. Yeah. Um, and if you don't make yourself available, I think you're kind of really missing out on part of your brand. Yeah, it's a good um, point. You know we have a certain dna our brand has the other part of the dna and both together it's just it's kind of like a home run yeah uh, i know when i was younger i always wanted to talk to whoever's making the beer nerd out right whoever's dream it was yeah for sure um it's really exciting Um, and we're in a time where we can start a business and a brand and in a competitive field and still be successful yeah Uh, especially with alcohol with how much money that goes around and everything I know
1: it's a very interesting and lovely time to kind of be doing this it really is
0: and austin's kind of really allowed us to do this yeah. and um i'm really happy to be part of the scene you know it's a good group it is good group it, it's a great group of people yeah um yeah
1: well so i've got one question left for you and this is kind of tied in and i know that being in an industrial park, there are chains being swung back and forth, and we'll yep. see how that fares in the post editing process. But you can be at any bar in the world, anywhere, right? Yeah. And you can have a drink with anybody living or dead. Who might be that person you just sit at that bar and have a conversation with that you've never had that chance before?
0: Oh, man. That's yeah, that's it's tough. on the spot. Uh, yeah. Well, it would definitely be the whipping. Nah, that's uh, great, yeah. Yeah. Probably the place I'm the most comfortable at. Who knows? Maybe Julius Caesar. You know, that's pretty good. I'd yeah. hang with Caligula. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a crazy character right there. Yeah, just throw people off his island home. That's for right. Fun. Yeah. Um,
1: well, that makes some sense. Imbibe, have a good time with an emperor, at yeah. the whippin, a place fit <laughs> at the whippin. Yeah. <laughs> for it's brilliant, mate. Well. I look forward to sipping some beer with you and some Tully as well. Absolutely. You guys have a beautiful spot. I can't wait to see when it's finished and kind of come and experience it myself, Friends and Allies, Killer Branding. You guys done a good job. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Oh, it's been great, dude. Thanks so much for chatting. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, there we have it, Mr. Ben Sabin of Friends and Allies Brewing, one of the newest breweries to emerge in Austin, Texas. Again having this do and a Brew tour in which whiskey is paired with beer. You can't really imagine a better combination. I can't think of something that's more thirst quenching. And as Ben says, his Session IPA noisy cricket pairs perfectly with the Tullamore Dew old school green label. So again, you know, people aren't paying me to say this. These are good people, drinking great things, and it's always nice to kind of share that passion. And it was great talking to Ben and getting to know him and having the forklift being delivered just at the tail end of our interview. Pardon all of the noise. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter if you never caught up on The Office and you're finally down to around two episodes remaining, you're getting kind of sad, or if you're thinking, when should I release another synth-based album, please keep dancing.